Then comes the next point, the third point of this second treatise, to which Sheikh Al-Fawzan gives a small heading, or this explanation of Sheikh Al-Fawzan gives a small heading, Al-Wala Wal-Bara, Alliance and Dissociation. Alliance and Dissociation. Al-Wala Wal-Bara. And he brings the text, the saying of Shaykh al-Islam, Ibn Abdul Wahhab, bringing, bringing the third matter of these three, which is a big tree upon us to now act upon. He said, Al-Thalithatu. It's been on page 60 of the Lebanese edition. Al-Thalithatu. Anna man ata'a al-Rasul wa wahhad allaha la yajuzu lahu mu'alatu man haad allahu wa rasulahu wa law kana aqrab qareeb. The third that whoever obeys the messenger and singles out Allah, then it is not permit it is not permissible for him to love and ally himself with those who oppose Allah and His Messenger, even if they be those most closely related to him. Sheikh Fazan said in explanation. It is not permissible for those who do that, in mean, what preceded, those who obey the Messenger, single out Allah, it's not permissible for them to have mu'alat, for those who oppose Allah and His Messenger. Shaykh said, it is not permissible for those who do that, to have mu'alat, to have love and alliance, to those who oppose Allah and His Messenger, even if they be those most closely related to him. Shaykh Fawzan said, this is the matter of al-wala wal-bara. This is the matter of alliance and association. And it follows on from Tawheed. From the rights of Tawheed. Min hukuqi Tawheed al-wala wal-bara. He said, min hukuqi Tawheed al-wala he said, from the rights of Tawheed is to have love and alliance for the awliya, the beloved servants of Allah. And to have bara, disassociation from the enemies of Allah. And the words al-mu'alat and al-wala have one and the same meaning. Both these words are the same meaning. Al-Mu'alat and Al-Wala. They mean the same. And Al-Wala means... And then he gives the three meanings which are covered by this term Al-Wala. Love and alliance and so on. This word Al-Wala. He explains it. He said, Al-Wala, it means... Mention the first one. Al-Mahabba bin Qalb. It means having love in the heart. And he mentions the second meaning covered by it. And it means al-munasara wal-mu'awana. And it means aiding and assisting. And it means, and he mentions the third meaning covered by it. Al-irth wal-aqab fiddiyat. And it means in the matter of inheriting and of payment of blood monies. What's meant by diyat, meaning blood monies, uh, the aql, payment of blood monies for accidental killing. Accidentally, if you accidentally kill someone, then you have to, pay, have to pay a diyat, an amount of blood money for that. <coughs> so this term wala, it covers all of those. Having love in the heart, and aiding and assisting, and inheritance, and payment of blood monies. Sheikh Fawzan said, so the Muslim, he does this matter, he yuwali, he has wala, he, love, he loves and has alliance for the beloved servants of Allah, for the awliya of Allah. Meaning that he restricts his love to those who are beloved servants of Allah, beloved and obedient servants of Allah. And he aids them. So the Muslim is with the Muslims. They are our, they are allies to each other. Just as he the Most High said, 
وَأُولُوا الْأَرْحَامِ بَعْضُهُمْ أَوْلَا بِبَعْضٍ فِي كِتَابِ اللَّهِ Surah Al-Anfal, the 8th Surah, Ayah 75. With the explanation, and blood relations are more entitled to inheritance from each other, as decreed by Allah. Shaykh Fawzan said, So payment of blood monies for accidental killing occurs between the Muslims. And it is what is called at takaful mutual responsibility. All of this enters into this matter of wala, alliance. So there is no wala, there is no alliance between a Muslim and a kafir, a Muslim and an unbeliever. I mean, whatever is called by the term wala here, it applies between the Muslims. So there is no wala, there is no alliance between a Muslim and a kafir, an unbeliever. And love and aiding and inheriting and payment of blood money and guardianship in marriage and guardianship in legal matters and so on. This does not occur between a Muslim and an unbeliever. It does not occur between a Muslim and a kafir, a Muslim and a disbeliever. Rather, this is between the Muslims. Because of his saying, He the Most High, وَلَنْ يَجْعَلَ اللَّهُ لِلْكَافِرِينَ عَلَى الْمُؤْمِنِينَ سَبِيلًا Surah Al-Nisa, the fourth surah, I-141. With the explanation, and Allah will never give a way to the unbelievers over the believers. Shaykh Bahazan said, So it is obligatory that the believers, people of Iman, are distinguished from the disbelievers. So it is not permissible for one who singles out Allah and obeys the Messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, to have mu'alat, love and alliance with those who oppose Allah. Then Shaykh Razan explains what is meant by <coughs> Those who oppose Allah, Al-Muhaddah. He said, Al-Muhaddah, opposing, means that the person is upon one side. And Allah and His Messenger and the believers are on the other side. And those who oppose are upon the side of the unbelievers in this opposition. This is opposition. This is what opposition is. Being on the side of the unbelievers against Allah and His Messenger and the believers. Then Shaykh Fawzan said, He's saying, Even if that person is the most closely related to him. Shaykh Fawzan said, meaning in lineage. So if your close relative is one who opposes Allah, and his messenger, then it is obligatory upon you to oppose him and to cut off from him. And whoever is a wali, whoever is a whoever is an obedient servant of Allah and his messenger, or whoever is an obedient servant of Allah and an ally to his messenger, then it is obligatory upon you that you should love him. And have alliance with him, even if he be far removed from you in lineage, even if he be a non-Arab, or a black person, or a white person, or a red person, it is obligatory upon you to have wala for him, love and alliance for him, and that you love him, whether he is from your land, or whether he is from the farthest place in the east, or the farthest place in the West, He the Most High said, وَالْمُؤْمِنُونَ وَالْمُؤْمِنَاتُ بَعْضُهُمْ أَوْلِيَاءُ بَعْضُ Surah Tawbah, the ninth Surah, Ayah 71. With the explanation, and the believing men and the believing women are friends and allies to each other. <coughs> Shaykh al-Fawzan said, meaning, between them there is mahabba, love, and tanasur, and help, mutual help, and atta'awun, and mutual aid. And between them there is ulfa, there is to be ulfa, affection. 
This is between the mu'mineen, between the believers. So then the author, Shaykh al-Islam, Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab, rahimahullah, as always, he mentions the evidence for this. In the section that comes today, he mentions the evidence for this point. So on what occurs in this Lebanese edition on page 62, on the Egyptian edition which many of you have, on page 48, the author, Shaykh al-Islam, Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab, rahimahullah, he said, وَالْدَلِيلُ قَوْلُهُ تَعَالَى لَا تَجِدُ قَوْمًا لِنُؤْمِنُونَ بِاللَّهِ وَالْيَوْمِ الْأَلَفِينَ وَالْيَوْمِ الْآخِرِ يُوَادُّونَ مَنْ حَادَّ اللَّهُ وَرَسُولَهُ وَلَوْ كَانُوا آبَاءَهُمْ أَوْ أَبْنَاءَهُمْ أَوْ إِخْوَانَهُمْ أَوْ عَشِيرَتَهُمْ أُولَئِكَ كَتَبَ فِي قُلُوبِهِمُ الْإِيمَانَ وَأَيَّدَهُمْ يَدْعُوفًا مِنْهِ وَيُدْخِلُهُمْ جَنَّاتٍ تَجْرِي مِنْ تَحْتِهَا الْأَنْهَارُ خَالِدِينَ فِيهَا رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُمْ وَرَضُوا عَنْهُ أُولَئِكَ حِزْبُ اللَّهِ he said, and the proof, and the proof for that which came last, last time, with regard to Al-Wala and Al-Bara, love and association, and disassociation, the most which enmity to Allah and His Messenger. He said, and the proof is His saying, he, the Most High. And he quotes an ayah, Surah Al-Mujadira, the 58th Surah, Ayah 22, with the explanation, you will not find a people who have iman, who truly believe in Allah and the last day, loving those who oppose Allah and His Messenger, even if they are their fathers, or their sons, or their brothers, or their kinsfolk. Rather, Allah has ordained Iman, true faith, for their hearts, and has strengthened them with strength from Him. And He will enter them into gardens which have rivers flowing, which have rivers flowing beneath their trees. They shall remain forever. They shall remain forever therein. Allah is pleased with them, and they are pleased with Him. <coughs> they are the party of Allah, indeed the party of Allah are the ones who will be successful. <coughs> Shaykh al-Bawzain, he said, explaining this ayah, and the whole of today's lesson will be Shaykh al-Bawzain's explanation of this ayah. That Shaykh al-Bawzain, he said, his saying, He the Most High, Meaning, you will not find, Shaykh Mawzan said, this is an address to the Prophet Meaning, this will not happen, and it will never exist. That one who is a mu'min, one who is a true believer in Allah and His Messenger, will love the kuffar, will love the disbelievers. So if a person does love them, then he is not a mu'min. He is not a true believer, even if he claims to be. And then Shaykh Fawzan quotes a fine saying from Ibn Qayyim in his famous poem, he said, Ibn Al-Qayyim, Rahimahullah, said in Al-Kafiyah to Shafiyah, in his famous poem, with regard to Aqidah, Qiyam Barit, Al-Kafiyah to Shafiyah, Atuhibbu a'da al-habibi wa taddai, Hubban lahu ma daka fi imkani, Wa kada tu'adi jahidan ahbabahu, Ayna al-mahabbatu ya akha al-shaytani. Saying with the rough translation, Do you love the enemies of the beloved one and still claim that you love him? That is not possible. And likewise, you strive hard to oppose those he loves. 
Where is the Lord? Our brother of Satan. Sheikh Razan said, So this is not possible ever that he loves the disbelievers. Meaning that a believer, a mu'min, one who truly believes in Allah and his messenger, one who truly, truly loves Allah, Sheikh Razan said, this is not possible ever that he loves the disbelievers. Whilst he says, I love Allah and his messenger. And he gives evidence from the book of Allah, he said, because of his saying, he the most high, Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu la ta'takhidu abuni wa abuwakum awliya atulkuni ilayhim bil mawaddah. Surah Al-Muntahana, the 60th Surah, Ayah 1. With the explanation, O you who believe, do not take my enemies and your enemies as friends and allies for whom you have affection. He said, up until this saying, the fourth ayah of the same Surah, Surah Al-Muntahana, the 60th Surah, Ayah 4, meaning the first Ayah, the second Ayah, the third Ayah, the fourth Ayah. All of these being approved in this matter. He said, up to the saying, قَدْ كَانَتْ لَكُمْ مُسْوَةٌ حَسَنَةٌ فِي إِبْرَاهِيمَ وَالَّذِينَ مَعَهُمْ إِذْ قَالُوا لِقَوْمِهِمْ إِنَّا بُرَعَاءُ مِنْكُمْ وَمِنَّا تَعْبُدُونَ مِنْ دُونِ اللَّهِ كَفَرْنَا بِكُمْ وَبَدَا بَيْنَنَا وَبَيْنَكُمْ the fourth ayah of the same source, Surah Al-Muntahana, with the explanation, There is for you a fine example in Ibrahim, in the Prophet Ibrahim, and those with him, when they said to their people, We are free of you, and of whatever you worship besides Allah. We have rejected you. And there has appeared between us and you enmity and hatred forever until you truly believe in Allah and single him out with all worship. And Shaykh Fawzani was the second ayah as evidence of this point. He said, and his saying, وَمَا كَانَ وَمَا كَانَ اسْتِغْفَارُ إِبْرَاهِيمَ لِأَبِيهِ إِلَّا عَنْ مَوْئِدَةٍ وَعَلَهَا إِيَّاهِ فَلَمَّا تَبَيْنَ مَعْنٍ أَنَّهُ عَدُوٌ لِلَّهِ تَبَرَّعَ مِنْهِ إِنَّ إِبْرَاهِيمَ لَأَوَّاهُمْ حَرِيمٌ Surah Tawbah, the ninth surah, I-114 With the explanation And Ibrahim is seeking forgiveness for his father was only because of a promise which he had made to him. So when it became clear to him that he was an enemy to Allah, then he dissociated himself from him. Indeed, Ibrahim is one who frequently supplicated to his Lord and who was forbearing. Hazan said, this is the Billah, this is the religious way of Ibrahim. He dissociated himself from his father, the closest of the people to him, when it became clear to him that he was an enemy to Allah. And Shaykh Hazan mentioned, pointing upon the main ayah of the text, he said, and the ayah shows that having love, having muhabba, having love for an unbeliever, a kafir, negates iman, it negates true faith in Allah and in the last day. Either in its very origin or with regard to its completion. What does mean by that? is that someone has a loving and unbeliever and either it negates iman altogether so the person is not a believer not a mu'min 
and he'll explain the detail and what follows. So Hajjah means it, it negates the very root of it. There's no Iman in that because he's not a Muslim, not a believer, because he's doing that. Or secondly, that he will not be a complete believer. He won't be complete in his Iman. He said, let's repeat it, he said the ayah shows that loving an unbeliever negates, contradicts Iman in Allah and in the last day, either in its very origin or in its completion. However, if love of them has with it supporting what they are upon and their unbelief, then this is to exit from Islam. That will be the first, that will demolish Iman from its very root. person does that, that he loves the unbelievers because of what they're upon. The Shaykh says, if he loves them, having with that supporting them upon what they are upon, and upon unbelief, supporting their unbelief, then this is to exit from Islam. But if it is just having love without aiding them, then this is counted as something which causes a person's iman to be deficient. And is fisk counted as being fisk, open sin, and something which weakens iman. So he makes the distinction there. As a side point, and whoever can refer to the explanations of the other shayukh, because it's a very important point, this whole matter of wala and bara is important, and you'll find something in all of the explanations of the, of the sheikhs on this point. As for Sheikh Salih, Ala Sheikh, and he makes a distinction here, he makes a distinction between having love for the unbelievers. He said, if a person has love, paraphrasing what he says, if a person has love in his heart for the unbeliever, or for a person of shirk, and love for what he is upon, or love that what the people of shirk should be, are upon should overcome Islam and the like, then this means that a person is, is not a believer at all. A person is outside Islam for that. And the second case is that a person loves an unbeliever not because of what he's upon. He doesn't love him because of his unbelief. He loves him for some worldly reason. For some reason of this world. Or because that unbeliever is a close relative. Then this is a sin. This doesn't take the person outside Islam in and of itself, but is a sin. So Sheikh Salih al-Sheikh makes that distinction. But to anyone what Sheikh Fawzan mentions, then Sheikh Fawzan continued, it is said that this ayah came down with regard to Abu Ubaidah ibn al-Jarrah radiallahu ta'ala anhu when he killed his when he killed his father on the day of Badr because his father was upon unbelief and he wanted to kill his son Abu Ubaidah but Abu Ubaidah radiallahu anhu killed him because he was an enemy to Allah and he was not prevented by the fact that it was his father. That did not prevent him from killing him out of anger for the sake of Allah, the perfect and most high. Then Shaykh Fawzan continued with the ayah, he said, His saying be the most high, Ulaika. With the meaning, the explanation, those ones. Shaykh Razan said, meaning those who keep away from loving and having affection for those who oppose Allah and His Messenger. And with regard to them, comes the continuation of the ayah. Shaykh Razan said, He's saying, He the most high, Kataba fi qulubihim iman. With the explanation, he Allah wrote, or he, he Allah ordained Iman for their hearts. Shaykh Fawzan said, meaning, Allah confirmed and firmly planted Iman in their hearts. 
And he said, Hussain is the most high, wa ayyadahum biruhim min, wa yudkhiluhum jannatin tajrib min tahtiha al-anhar. The ayah, part of the ayah, the explanation, and he strengthened them with a ruh from him. And he will enter them into gardens beneath which rivers flow. So Shaykh al-Fawzan comments upon this first word, Ayyadahum, Allah the Most High gave them ta'eed. Shaykh al-Fawzan said, At-ta'eed means at-taqwiyah, means strengthening. And he strengthened them. At-ta'eed means strengthening. He strengthened them with a ruh from him. In the first the first words here, the first two actually the first three words of the ayah, And he strengthened them with a ruh from him. Then Shaykh Rawzan explains the word aruh. He said the word aruh has a number of different usages in the Quran. In this term, Aruh, Allah in this ayah, he mentioned these believers. He mentioned he, he aided them with Aruh from himself. Shaykh Razan said this word Aruh occurs in the Quran with different meanings. And he mentions four different meanings for it. So he begins by saying, From them is Aruh, which is a nafs, which is the spirit through which there is life. Ruh, with the meaning of an-nafs, means the spirit. Through which there is life. And from them, and he mentions the second meaning which occurs in the Qur'an, he said, and from them is al-wahi, that when ruh occurs with the meaning of al-wahi, revelation. As occurs in his saying, he the most high, وَكَذَلِكَ أَوْحَيْنَا إِلَيْكَ رُوحًا مِنْ أَمْرِنَا Surah Al-Shura, the 42nd Surah, Ayah 52. With the explanation, and likewise, we send down by revelation to you a revelation, a ruh, a revelation, by our command. By our command. This ayah referred to ruh, meaning revelation. And he mentions the third meaning, which it occurs with. He said, and from them is Jibreel, alayhi salam. This word, aruh, aruh, from the to Jibreel, alayhi salam. That he is ruhul qudus, the pure spirit, and aruhul amin, the trustworthy spirit, the trustworthy ruh. And Shaykh Razan quotes two ayahs to prove this. He said, he the most high said, قُلْ نَزَّرَهُ رُوحُ الْقُدُسِ مِنْ رَبِّكَ بِالْحَقِّ لِيُثَبِّتَ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَهُدَعُوا وَبُشْرَى لِلْمُسْلِمِينَ Surah Al-Nahl, the 16th Surah, I want you to. The explanation Say, the pure spirit, in Jibreel, alayhi salam, say, the pure spirit brought it down, the Qur'an brought it down of your Lord in truth. To make those who believe firm and as guidance and as good news for the Muslims, for those who submit to Allah's commands. Of course, the further ayah he said, and he the Most High said, Nazara bihiruhul amin. Surah al Shu'ara, the 26th Surah, ayah 193, with the explanation, the trustworthy spirit in Jibreel, alayhi salam. Descended with it, with the Quran. Then Shaykh Al-Fazal quotes the fourth meaning of Ruh as it occurs in the Quran. He said, and from that is what occurs in this ayah. What occurs in the ayah that we have in the main text, Surah Al-Mujadila, the Ruh that's referred to here, is with the fourth meaning. And it is Al-Quwa. Al-Quwa, strength, and it is strength. And so, in this ayah, what is meant here, Allah the Most High mentioned, وَإِيَّدَهُمْ بِرُوحٍ مِّنْ Allah the Most High aids the believers with ruhun min, meaning with strength. As Shaykh Al-Fawzan said, meaning with strength from Him. He the perfect and most high. Strength of Iman, strength of true faith, 
in the world and in the hereafter and he will enter them with me and he will enter them into gardens <coughs> in this world Allah the Most High strengthened the believers with the strength of Iman and with regard to the hereafter and he will mean and he will enter them into gardens Shaykh Al-Fazam said this word Jannat is the plural of Jannah and the Jannah in the language of the one word Jannah in the language it means a garden it is called a Jannah a garden is called a Jannah because it is Muslim because it is hidden or concealed by trees meaning hidden and covered by intertwined trees trees which grow into each other was a Sheikh Fazan giving the language meaning there, the meaning of Jannah, the same root of the word Jinn comes from, with the root meaning of that which is hidden and concealed. Then Sheikh Fazan said, because Jannah, paradise, contains shade and trees and rivers and palaces, and its highest part and its ceiling is the Arsh is the throne of the Most Merciful, the Perfect and Most High. And Shaykh Bazan said, he's saying, he the Most High, تَجْرِي مِنْ تَحْتِهَا الْأَنْهَارُ خَامِدِينَ فِيهَا Part of the ayah of explanation, rivers flow, with rivers flowing beneath it, they will remain therein forever. Shaykh Al-Fazan said, meaning they will remain in it and will not move away from it. In the believers in Jannah, they will remain in it and, not, and they will not move away from it. He the Most High said, لا يبغون عنها حوالا Surah Al-Kahf, the 18th Surah, Ayah 108, with the explanation, they will not want to move away from it. The people of Paradise, the people of Jannah, they will not want to move away from it. Sheikh Hassan said, they will not fear death. And they will not have to fear anyone forcing them out or evicting them, as occurs in this world. A person in this world may live in palaces, However, he is not secure from death, so that he will, so that he has to depart from them. Nor is he secure from enemies overcoming him and expelling him. A person in this world is always fearful. And he said, "He said, he the most high, I will mean Allah is pleased with them and they are pleased with him. Shaykh Fawzan said. Since they angered their close relatives who were unbelievers and had enmity towards them. So therefore Allah bestowed a river, Allah bestowed his pleasure. Allah bestowed pleasure from him, he the perfect and most high, as a recompense for them. So they will be given as a replacement for their having angered their close relatives who were unbelievers. They will receive in replacement the pleasure of Allah, the Perfect and Most High. Rabbi Allahu anhum wa Allah will be pleased with them and they are pleased with him. And he said, He's saying, He the Most High, Part of the eye of the explanation, they are the party of Allah. Shaykh Fawzan said, meaning the group of people for Allah. And as for the unbelievers, as for the disbelievers, the kuffar, then they are the Hezbollah Shaytan. They are the party of Satan. 
just as Allah the Most High said about them, أُولَٰئِكَ حِزْبُ الشَّيْطَانِ The ayah from Surah Al-Mujadila, the 58th Surah, ayah 19, the regard to the unbelievers, it means they are the party of Satan. Shaykh Fawzan said, means a group of people for Satan, and the helpers of Satan. As for those people, mean the believers referred to in this ayah, as for those people, then they are the supporters of the Lord. Then Shaykh Fawzan summarized by saying, so this matter relates to having enmity towards the disbelievers and not having that for them and not having love and alliance for them. Then he makes a very important point and it does not necessitate that we cut off from the disbelievers in social matters and matters of worldly benefit rather a number of affairs are an exception to that. And then Shaykh Fawzan quotes nine matters which is what remains in his book nine matters which are an exception in the fact that we do not have love and alliance for the disbelievers we do not have love and alliance for those who oppose Allah and His Messenger that point being established that we rather have enmity, enmity towards them this does not mean total cut off with no sort of no exception or no, no point remaining Shaykh said rather there are nine points of exception to this matters of social matters and worldly benefits and he mentions these nine matters he said rather a number of affairs are an exception to that the first one is that along with our hatred of them and our enmity to them then it is obligatory that we call them to Allah the perfect and most high it is obligatory, wajib, that we call them to Allah and we do not leave them and just say they are enemies of Allah and our enemies. It is obligatory upon them, it is obligatory upon us that we call them to Allah so perhaps Allah may guide them. And if they do not respond, then we fight them along with the ability. Obviously again, just a side point here in case someone misunderstands what Shaykh Fawzan is saying. When one says we fight them, it doesn't mean individually every we individual or Shaykh Fawzan, as it is clear in other, other works, what he means is the Muslims united under the Muslim ruler, they fight against the unbelief. The army of Muslims under the Muslim ruler, they fight with the ability to do so. So let not anyone misunderstand what the Shaykh is saying. So the Shaykh said, so if they do not respond, then we fight them in accordance with ability. So either then they will enter into Islam or they will pay the jizya. They will pay this jizya, jizya that is given to the Muslims, this amount of money that's given over to the Muslims. If they are from the Jews, and Christians or the Magians. Whilst they are humbled, they are in a situation of being humbled and submitting to the rule of Islam. <coughs> and they are then left upon what they are upon. In the unbelievers, when the Muslim army fights against the unbelievers, then they submit, and they can pay if they want to live in the Muslim land that they can pay the jizya tax and remain as, as they are, Jews or Christians or Magians, with that condition, that they hand over, they pay the jizya to the Muslims. They're in, they're in a situation that they're humble, they're not the ones who are uppermost, they're humble, and they submit to the rule of Islam. Then the Shaykh said, in that case, then they are left upon what they are upon. However, with the condition that the jizya, this tax that is upon them, this money that is upon them, that they have to pay to the Muslims, however with the condition that the jizya is handed over, and that they submit to the rule of Islam. However, if they are not people of the two books, and they are not Magians, 
Then there is disagreement between the scholars about taking jizya from them. And the point that Sheikh Fawzan is making here at the end, that's the end of the first point, he mentioned the first exception. What he means, and what the Sheikh is saying, is that as for when Muslims fight against the unbelievers, if, if those unbelievers are Jews or Christians or Magians, then a jizya can be taken from them. If they submit, Muslims overcome them, they agree to pay jizya to the Muslims with the conditions, then they can live in the Muslim land upon their religion and remain upon their religion. If they are not Jews or Christians or Magians, then there's a difference between the scholars about whether they get the same concession or not. Can they live under the Muslim rule and pay jizya or not? And as a, a quick side point, then Ibn Qayyim mentions in Zawa Ma'ad, volume 3, page 153 to 154, that there are two sayings in that regard. The first saying is that the jizya is only taken from Jews, Christians, and Magians. Nobody else, no other religions will it be taken from. And he mentioned that is the saying of Imam Shafi'i, and the one saying of Imam Ahmad. And the second saying was that the jizya can be taken from any from Jews, Christians, <coughs> and Jews, and any other religion. If they, if they were good to pay, anybody else can pay any other religion. And that was the saying of Abu Hanifa, and another saying of Imam Ahmad. And that second saying was preferred by Ibn Qayyim. He put evidences from the hadith for that, and the reason behind it. That's what Shaykh al-Razan mentioned then he said in his explanation, he brings the second matter which is an exception, which is a matter with our dealings with the unbelievers. He said, Secondly, there is nothing to prevent having a truce, a truce of temporary peace agreement. There is nothing to prevent having a truce with the unbelievers when there is a need. If, if the Muslims have need of it, if Muslims have a need of a truce because of the fact that Muslims are not able to fight against them <coughs> and there is fear for the Muslims from their evil then there is no harm in having a truce until the Muslims become strong enough to fight them or if they request a truce then the Shaykh puts the ayah part of the ayah وَإِنْ جَنَحُوا لِلسَّوْنِ فَجْنَحْ لَهَا Surah Al-Anfal, the 8th Surah, ayah 61, to the explanation. And if they incline towards peace, then you incline to it. Shaykh Razan said, then a truce is made with them. However, it will be a truce which is it will not be a perpetual truce in Allah's forevermore. It will not be. It will not be a perpetual truce, rather a temporary peace with a time limit, in accordance with the view of the ruler of the Muslims regarding what is beneficial. So that's the second matter, having a truce with the unbelievers. That is permissible as well. He mentioned the third matter. The third one. There is nothing to prevent returning their fine treatment if they treat the Muslims well and treating them in return in a good manner. There is nothing to prevent returning their fine treatment if they treat the Muslims well. There is nothing to prevent returning their fine treatment. He said, Allah the Most High said, لا ينهاكم الله عن الذين لم يقاتلوكم في الدين ولم يخرجوكم من دياركم أن تبروهم وتقصتوا وتقصتوا إليهم إن الله يحب المقصتين سورة المنتحرة سكتي سورة آية 8 with the explanation Allah does not forbid you from those who do not fight against you with regard to religion and who do not expel you from your homes from treating them well and treating them with justice Allah loves those who treat the people justly then Shaykh Razan puts the fourth matter he said fourthly 
And while we do kafir, the father is a disbeliever. The father who is a disbeliever, which is obligatory upon his son, or this can refer to father or mother, son or daughter either. So, as I said, the father who is a disbeliever, it is obligatory upon his son, who is Muslim, to treat him well. However, he should not obey him with regard to unbelief. Because of his saying, be the most high. <laughs> Surah Luqman, the 31st Surah, eyes 14 to 15, with the explanation, and we commanded man to treat his parents well. His mother brought him in a state of weakness and hardship, upon weakness and hardship, and his weaning was in two years. We enjoined him to give thanks to me and to your parents. To me is your return. And if they strive to make you associate something along with me, that which you have no knowledge of, then do not obey them. But live along with them in this world in a good manner. And follow the path of those who turn to me. Shaykh Razan said, The parent has a right, even if he is an unbeliever, However, you should not love him with love of the heart. You can treat him fine and fine without outward treatment, Sheikh said, but you should not have love of the heart for him. Rather, you can you recompense him for having brought you up and that he is your father. Well, the Sheikh said, well, you recompense him for having brought you up and for the fact that he is a father and he has a right. So you recompense him for that. Then Shaykh Fazal mentioned the fifth matter. He said, having mutual business dealings, something else is permissible with regard to the Muslims and the unbelievers, having mutual business dealings with them, and buying from them, buying needs from them, and importing goods and weapons from them, by paying their price. There is no harm in that. And the Prophet ﷺ used to have dealings with the disbelievers. Likewise, he ﷺ dealt with the people of Khaybar. And they were Jews. Upon the basis that they would farm the land in exchange for a part of its produce. This is not from Al-Mu'alat wa Muhabbah. This is not from alliance and love. In all of these things I mentioned here, these are not counted, if a person does any of these things, these nine matters, this is not counted as having love and alliance for the unbelievers. So the Sheikh said, this is not from alliance and love. Rather, it is affairs of mutual benefit. It is obligatory that we are aware of these matters and that they do not enter into al-mu'alat they do not enter into love and alliance and are not something prohibited. Then Sheikh said, and likewise taking a loan from them. The Prophet some food from a Jew as a debt. And he left his coat of armor as a surety, as a surety with him. And he died and his coat of armor was left as a surety with the Jew for some food which he bought for his family. There is nothing to prevent this because these are worldly matters and matters of welfare. And it does not indicate al-muhabbah wa muwadda and this does not indicate love and affection in the hearts. So we must differentiate between this and this. 
Because some people, because there are some people who, when he hears the texts of enmity towards the unbelievers and not loving them, then he may understand them, that he cannot have any dealings with them and cannot have any connection whatsoever with them at all. And that there is to be a total cut-off from them. No. This is something limited by rulings <coughs> and limits. This is something limited by rulings and limits and conditions which are well known with the people of knowledge, which are taken from the Book of Allah and the Sunnah of His Messenger, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Then Shaykh Razan mentions the sixth matter, sixth matter of dealings with the unbelievers, which is not counted as Mu'alaq, not counted as having love and alliance to them. Shaykh said, Allah has permitted marriage to the women of the people of the book with the condition that they are chaste with regard to their honor and dignity. And Allah has made it permissible for us to eat the meat slaughtered by them. And the seventh matter he said, the seventh is that there is no harm in responding to their invitations and eating their food which is permissible, just as the Prophet did. And eighthly, Shabbazah mentioned, eighthly is treating neighbors who are disbelievers well, treating them well, because they have the right of being neighbors. And then ninthly, he mentioned the last point, ninthly, it is not permissible to wrong or oppress them. The unbelievers in general, even though we have the enmity towards them, Shaykh made the point, ninthly, it is not permissible to do wrong, to wrong or oppress them. He the Most High said, وَلَا يَجْرِ مَنْ لَكُمْ شَمْعَانُ قَوْمٍ عَلَىٰ أَنْ لَا تَعْبِرُوا لِأَدِرُوا وَأَقْرَبُوا لِلتَّقْوَىٰ Surah Al-Ma'idah, the fifth surah, ayah eight. With the explanation, And let not hatred of a people prevent you from treating them justly. Do justice. It is closer to dutifulness to Allah. Close to Taqwa. Surah Al-Ma'idah, 5th Surah, Ayah 8.